for another exciting episode of The Spicy Life. I am your host, Spicy Mari, and joined with me in the G spot today is the beautiful and lovely Dr. Cheyenne Bryant. Hey, guys. Okay, and don't get nervous. The G spot may scare you a little bit, but it's really the guest spotlight. <laughs> okay, I'm so, good with either one. They're both good. Yes, okay, <laughs> we're going to get uh, right into it because we have so much juicy stuff to talk about, but I'm going to give you a little background on Cheyenne first because she's joining in today's conversation on how to prevent from being ghosted or how to avoid being ghosted. What do we say? Yeah, a pre prevent. How, how to, to prevent, prevent being, being ghosted. ghosted. Okay, because she's all about the self-help. She wants to make sure that you have all the tools necessary. And we know that it's an epidemic right now when it comes to being ghosted. So Dr. Cheyenne Bryant is a renowned life coach, the president of NAACP Branch 1069 author of Reader's Favorite Five Star Book, Mental Detox, Motivational Speaker, Community Activist, Host, and Brand Ambassador. Dr. Brian worked as an MFT, Marriage and Family and Child Therapist, for a nonprofit organization, People Who Care Youth Center, located in LA. While there, Dr. Bryant provided treatment for inner city children, adolescent, and adults suffering from depression, anxiety, and personality disorders. In addition, Dr. Bryant worked as a mental health homeless residence that catered to personally disordered homeless mental health individuals where she facilitated group therapy sessions and provided individual treatment following her MFT career. Dr. Bryant started her private practice live coaching individuals worldwide, facilitating personal development workshops and motivational speaking. Round of applause. This live studio goes crazy. <laughs> okay, so flat, so flat. Okay, so you always have to give us a little bit of personal, intimate information. You have to let me know, when did you fall in love with yourself? Oh, I love that question. You know, there wasn't a, a moment that I fell in love with myself. I find that as I continue to develop myself, I continue to fall more and more in love with who I'm creating myself to be, the woman that I continue yeah. to evolve into. So I'd have to say, you know, every day, multiple times throughout the day, when I discover new moments about me, new perspectives that I have on something, um, different interactions with different clients that I have, yeah. They teach me so much about myself, although they think that I'm teaching them so much. I learn so much from them. Yes. And then I'm just like, wow, you know, I love that about me. I love how I'm able to connect with this person or help this person. I love how I love. I love how I'm able to receive love. And so all of those things, my self-love days, I'm just loving that I'm able to love on myself. Now, here, here's where the I've tricky question. And all that. Did you fall in love with someone else before you fell in love with yourself? You know, that's that's another that's another good perspective and question. Um, I have to say, similar to that, yes. Mm -hmm. What happened was being in, in love and the timing being right for what I was ready to do at the age-appropriate time, um, I end up becoming a different woman yeah. in that particular relationship. And the woman that I became, which happened to be more vulnerable, um, I was able to balance out my vulnerability with my alphaness and become more domesticated Ooh, and more feminine and do time. all those things. Yeah, <laughs> and I end up looking back like in those moments and even in that time going wow like i love this submissive vulnerable uh feminine yes. loving woman submissive, you know that vulnerable. i am yeah i just became so take sexy notes, to notes. myself <laughs> right i became so sexy to me and i became so vulnerable to me and when, when you become sexy to yourself as a woman and when you start to love on you Everything in your life catapults from your relationships, professionally, personally, from your 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 intimacy, your sex world with the man you're making love to. Yeah. I'm very, you know, I'm very not into, uh, you know, casual sex. Not knocking anyone who is. I'm not, but I'm very relational with my my intimacy. So everything just becomes better because you become like this little wildflower who embraces yes. every aspect of you. 
And it's everything sexy and beautiful. It's mm -hmm. so empowering to yourself. And what that does is that gives other women around you permission to be just as powerful as you are leading by example. Absolutely. By not just what you speak, but, but by your way of being. And not so much you stop doing, and I always say doing drains you and being, it recharges mm. you. Because when you're doing, you're constantly having to be conscious of it, and it's just draining. Yeah. When you're just being your authentic self, you're recharging because everybody around you is conducive to who you're being. So it's a synergy between you and them and, and them and your entire conducive of the, the relationships that you're into. So it's important to, you know, to find you and, and totally just love all of it. The cellulite, too. The everything. Oh, my God. If you have the, a trick for that, though, <laughs> please do <laughs> right, tell. Right, right, right. Yes, yes. Okay, so is that what the book is about? When you say mental detox, is this a metaphor? Is this um, yeah. insight into like how to release some of the toxic relationships? What is mental detox about and Absolutely. why do we need to be reading it? Yeah, mental detox is a metaphor um, for... So mental detox is a metaphor, and I use the garden metaphor for it being our life, saying that your life is like a garden. And what you, what you plant, obviously you harvest. And I always say that the, that harvest is reserved for the planters. Mm. And so, a, a, you know, an, an unattended garden is worse than a garden that's being planted some bad seeds because oh, an yeah. unattended garden attracts weeds and rodents. Ooh, and so you're not even dying. attending to it, right? And I talk about how to plow out your garden and how to be very, very selective with the seeds that you're planting. But before you plant, you have to plow out and make sure that your soil is not yeah. toxic. Because if you plant seed, good seeds in toxic soil, then you re-intoxicate the seeds and you're growing back the same thing from the root. Garden is another metaphor, though, for our vajayjay. Have you ever heard of anyone ever calling their pum pum or punani or pussy or, you know, vagina a garden? <laughs> um, I try to use every single word. What am I missing? Right. My cuckoo? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Your vajay, your poom poom. Um, <laughs> I went to Jamaican, so we call it the, the G spot, uh, you know, the bank, the silver bag. Have you bag. ever heard that, though? The, the uh, This is my garden? I, I have heard it. I've heard it. I, ha I haven't used it personally, but I have heard a woman say it's their garden. What I don't like about that metaphor, not being negative, Nancy, is that I just don't like to make your, your vajayjay, right? That mm -hmm. piece of you a garden because... That piece is something that's so sacred. And when I think of garden, I think of a garden where I'm gonna invite you over, my friends over, and family over, and people over to my garden that I'm planting. And when they come into my garden, they're also nurturing and watering what I planted. So my vajayjay, unlike a garden, isn't mm -hmm. something that I'm inviting everybody into because it's sacred. So maybe if it is something, maybe it can be like, the the sacred garden in the garden or sacred but look, section. Not everybody has a green thumb. Let yeah, me tell yeah, you that. Yeah, so that's true. very true. Yeah, I'm like okay. True. So maybe I went there sexually. So I, yes, I just no, turned I, like that, I, I like just turned that. your book into a sex book. But yeah, um, it really is, is about good. mental detox. Uh, but I understand what you're saying. But I think that to your point earlier, like because we don't necessarily maybe value our garden the way that we should. Sometimes right. it does get corrupted. It sometimes. We do, you know, allow, you know, too many gardeners in the garden. Yeah. And so it's not taken care of and Absolutely. allowed to grow and flourish. But the more you know how to, you know, plant these beautiful flowers, you water them, you shower them with love, they start to blossom. Right. And the garden's you. So you have to mm -hmm. know you to know what to plant because you're planting seeds that are conducive to your needs. And so you have to know who you are, know thyself so that you can plant. And like the Bible says, out of all you're getting, get an understanding of yourself. Yes. So that you know what's conducive for you when you're doing you and when you're selecting people to do you as well. And that's what's important. While we're talking about selecting people to do us, <laughs> <laughs> right. there is an epidemic going around 
I hear it from men and I hear it from women. It is not just women. I hear it from men as well. They're being ghosted, right? You get into a situationship, we'll call it a situationship, where you're hitting it off with someone, you go on several dates, you're vibing, you have amazing chemistry, and you're really feeling each other. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they disappear. They just caspered you, right? Sometimes it's a Casper, sometimes it's like a Count Dracula when it comes to <laughs> the ghosting. But right. I want to help people to be able to avoid this. What is a common thing that you see when people decide that they're going to jump out of a relationship with someone out of nowhere? What would you attribute some of that behavior to? To the person jumping out or the yeah, person the getting person, jumped out? To so the person getting jumped out of. On, um, that again, everything goes back to self. It goes back to the, this is the deal, it's law of attraction. We attract who we are despite of who we think we are. And so you have to look at, in my book I say, if you spot it, you got it. And so if, if, if a woman is dealing with people in general, men, because if it's happened one time, nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, it's happened Facts. multiple times, it's a pathology, it's a pattern. So you've seen this before, you've done it. And this is the thing. No one is doing anything to you that you have yet to do to yourself. Yep. And so that gives you the opportunity to look at self and say, where at in my life have I abandoned myself? Where at in my life am I ghosting myself? Where at in my life am I abandoning pieces of me? And mm -hmm. let me take inventory of that because this is not about the person. It's these people that I deal with. Everyone in our life are direct reflections of us. We're always experiencing self. So my interaction with you I'm experiencing a part of me. And so there's a part of my Ooh, ego that's in spicy you. On us. Right? That's in you. <laughs> and so if I come in here and I'm feeling like you have this certain perspective or, or energy that's negative or attitude, -y, I have to look at self because something in me is seeing that in you. And what in my perception about me yeah, is allowing me to see that because we're convicted by our beliefs and what we see creates our reality. So with this woman or man, it goes back to how am I abandoning myself? Yeah. Because obviously I'm doing that somewhere. And once I get rid of that, then my subconscious won't have an appetite to choose that anymore. So it sounds like you're saying, which I wholeheartedly agree with though, it's about what you're attracting, but it's also about what you're choosing. So oh, yeah. a part of it, you have to take accountability. If you're choosing the type of person who maybe has avoidant tendencies, who has an avoidant attachment style, you're getting into a relationship who, with someone who isn't necessarily confident about you or confident about themselves because they may be having certain nuances or issues that they're dealing with and working out and you happen to be a part of their experience as well. Right. And so you're choosing if you do decide to stay because the signs are always there. But you would only attract them if you have it in you. Track, you attract, you know, what you are despite of what you think you are. So this mask that people keep wearing, they're attracting really who they are that mm -hmm. penetrates through the mask. And then when you get someone and you're saying they're screwed up and they have all this baggage and they have these abandonment issues, they keep ghosting yep. me, but you're already ghosting yourself. You're already experiencing abandonment. So where are you abandoned? Did mommy leave you? Did daddy you're leave you? It back. What's yep. going on? So what you're doing is it's called, you know, it is, it's, it's a self prophecy. What you're doing is you're prophesizing over your life subconsciously to create the same dysfunction that's been in your world because dysfunction needs something to eat in order for it to live. And it lives yeah. in our subconscious. So what it does is it says, I'm going to track this guy so that he can abandon me like my mom abandoned me or my dad abandoned me so we can keep this dysfunction going. Because if I choose healthy, then that means I got to be healthy because healed people heal people, hurt people hurt people. But I can't choose healthy because my law of attraction won't even allow me to be in the space of healthy because you have to be two holes. And if I'm broken and you're whole, we're not compatible. Right. And we're not compatibility each finds other. itself. That's why people don't need to force relationships or force things. When you be you, you attract the level of you. Water seeks its own level. Well, I would say that we date at the level of our self-esteem. As a relationship expert, what I notice oftentimes with my clients right. is that 
if I look at their past history of who they've dated, I can tell what they think about themselves. I can tell how much they love themselves yep, yep. by the men that have been in their lives, by the women that have been in their lives. And also times too, because they're used to being ghosted or used to being left, right. or maybe they were left as a child, yeah. whatever, you know, they're, they're working it's through. From. Yeah. Right. They're now operating from a place of fear of it happening again. So now they're also projecting But that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yep. Whatever you fear will come to pass. Yep. And that's why you don't fear anything. You just have faith. And I always say you have to have the balance of, and I said this in my event earlier, you have to have the balance of being internally extremely arrogant on steroids when it comes to, <laughs> no, internally though, when it comes to you and who you are and what you're going to become and everything about you. But mm. you have to be extremely humble when it comes to locking hands with people. So it looks like, hey, how are you, Marty? Pleasure, mm -hmm. you know, nice, you look beautiful. Oh, absolutely. And then internally is I'm going to go kill this show. I know what I'm talking <laughs> about. My book is number one. But those are things that you keep to yourself. Mm -hmm. You want to be arrogant on steroids within yourself and very humbled with people. It's called balance. So that's the hard part. I don't think that everybody knows how to necessarily do yeah. the humility with people, yeah. but the arrogance with self. We yeah. think it's this constant battle of we have to choose. Either we're extremely right. confident or we play meek and soft and gentle. We think that you can't be confident and be a monster at everything that you do and still be soft and humble. There's this like conflict, I think, when it comes to choosing self. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's because society has people thinking that, you know, you have you have this one way of being and this is the way to be. And people live mm -hmm. in dogma where they do seek outside validation for them to feel Ooh, like they are doing something. And, you know, the, the thing about when you come into a full self as a woman, talking about loving yourself and self-mastery, you, right, mm -hmm. you don't live in dogma. <laughs> you don't. You know, you walk around and validate yourself. And this is what I say. You got to bring what you need with you everywhere you go. So let's just use happiness, for example. I bring my happy with me. So mm -hmm. in case the person I expect to show up with that doesn't show up, I'm not disappointed. I'm yes. still good. Yes. So I bring that with me. I bring my love with me. I bring my confidence with me. I'm not coming into a place looking for you guys to compliment me, to validate how beautiful I look. I knew what I looked like when I put my outfit on this morning, when I put my face on this morning. I knew I was gorgeous. Now, when I, I come to greet you, I won't be cocky with it to you. But, you know, extreme confidence is what groomed me this morning. Yes. And that, to me, is the God in a woman. It's a God in a person. It's and that a divine is in a person. sexy about you. And that's what makes a woman sexy. But you got to make sure when you're, when you're interacting with people and engaging, you are having humility because there's something very cold about an arrogant person that has no humility. You can't connect But what does arrogance. that look like? What does humility look like? Give me an example of something that would show or embody humility while at the same time yeah. being confident inside. Absolutely. Humility with confidence looks like love and compassion. It looks mm. like authenticity. So it looks like, hi, good morning. Hey, Madi, you look absolutely beautiful. I love that color on you. Thank Girl, you, you look good. Oh my gosh, then in my, everything. Thank you. And then in my mind, I'm going, I know without any pun intended to anybody else's energy in here yes. that I'm a powerhouse. I'm not worried about anybody else stepping in here stealing my shine. My shine is owned by me. It's created by me. So if it's created by me, it can only be destroyed by me. How do we destroy it? By the thoughts, the distorted thinking that thoughts that we have destroys our shine that we've just created. Right. By living in dogma, when someone walks in the room and our perception says, oh my God, this person is to be intimidated by, why? We're convicted by, by our beliefs. What in you told you that that is true? Now you're experiencing cognitive dissonance where you have a disconnect between perception and reality because your perception is saying this person is to be intimidated by, mm -hmm. but reality is that person has their own shine they've created, let them have theirs, and you stay in yours and everybody's happy. And then two, don't be afraid of 
standing next to someone else's shine so it can just make yours oh, brighter. Makes you glow. I don't need mm -hmm. to be the only one in the room with the shine. Yeah. I need folks that can lead underneath my leadership because when the fan when when the shish hits the fan, can you still sell this boat? And if you follow me waiting for my orders every time, yep. I may not be in the place where I can say, "Madi, hit to the left." hit to the right, there's a big tower in front of us. I need you to, to come up there, take ship and say, I got this. Right. I know how to be the captain Strength. of this, this mm -hmm. ship for you. And I'm not trying to be you. I just know how to run this thing when you're not because we all leaders. My whole team, we are all leaders. Oh, Nobody yeah. is a you follower behind me. surround yourself with leaders. Yes. My assistant, my camera, my no Dr. Yes Brian man. Team, No yes man, no yes man. Absolutely, they know I'm the boss. They know that they work for Dr. Brian, but they're all leaders. And sometimes they have ideas that are much better than my ideas. Sometimes in our our board meetings, they come up with suggestions. I'm going, wow, thank God you're on my team. And I say, we're going to go with your idea. Right. It's not an ego trip because you don't get far like that. It's more profitable to lock hands than to lock horns with people. And humility locks hands. Arrogance locks horns. So you keep your horns within yourself right. and you lock hands with people because relationships is how we grow. I can't grow without a you. You can't grow without a me. If you think so, try it. You're now, failed every time. Let me ask you this because we're comparing confidence with humility and Confidence is a part of being sexy. It's what attracts you to someone. If someone yeah. is confident, it's like, oh my God, that will get me wet before anything. I'm like, wait, but this person knows themselves and they know what they want and they know what they have to offer. That's sexy as hell, right? Right, right. But what about the person whose love language is words of affirmation and they dress up, they think they're looking, you know, rico suave or, you know, looking like a queen and they do want some validation from the person. They do want to hear the affirmation that they look good on that date or that that person is into them. They can't necessarily tell if that person likes them, but they think that they do because they like them. If you don't get the affirmation, does that mean that you're not confident? Affirmation and validation are two different things. Okay, break it down. Validation it is when you speak to me, you now make me believe that I am as to what you said I am. So you validated me. The weakest level of thinking and vibration a person can be in. An affirmation is something that affirms. Remember, if I'm affirming something, spicy that means right I here. already know. So when someone tells me that I'm a genius, they're affirming for me. They're not validating me because I already know my genius in me. When somebody tells me that you killed, set the stage on fire, I already set that intent before I came here to know that I was going to set the right. stage on fire. I knew so I was going to light it up. thank you for affirming that for me, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But what it looks like, what my I knew I was going to light it up when I transform it into humility, it looks like, wow, thank you so much. I really appreciate yeah. it. And it feels good to be humbled in, in the midst of, of, of my, my fellow people you know, people, my fellow constituents, my fellow attendees, but they're affirming for me things that I already know. So even with a guy, if I'm dating a guy, cause I'm single, I'm dating, and he tells me I'm gorgeous and I'm beautiful. I had a conversation the other day with uh, one of my guy friends and I said, no, I like reassurance in a way of affirmation because when okay. you tell me I'm gorgeous, it's because I already know that. It's not because I need you to remind me of something mm -hmm. or validate me. So you're assuring me with, with affirming. And I was saying the, the best way to get the best out of a woman, let's talk, since you want to talk about sex, the best way to get the best lovemaking and the most freakiness out of a woman is to constantly affirm, not validate, because if she needs validation, she'll never reach that peak. Mm -hmm. Constantly affirm for her how good her, her pussy is, her vajayjay, <laughs> how good it, her lovemaking is, how good her head is, how wonderful her back shots are, how you love when she's riding you, how you love if it, hopefully, I'm, in my, let me self-project. 
my husband will say, I love my P-U-S-S-Y. You right. know, this is amazing. It's the best. Like, I don't care if it ain't the best. You tell me it's the best you <laughs> ever had. to us, even if it's Be not. No. <laughs> yes, I'm saying, tell me it's the best. Because as you affirm for me what I already believe within myself, whether I've shown it or not, those things are going to manifest in the bed. That also requires communication. So if you're listening oh, to yeah. what she's saying too, this is something that we oftentimes are afraid to do. We're afraid to communicate how we feel. We're afraid to communicate even to the other person how bomb that may be because then that shows us even being, you know, vulnerable, vulnerable. or, you know, boosting their ego up. But boost the ego up. Like, don't be afraid to do that. You're going to get more flies with honey than you are with oh, vinegar. Yeah. So while you think, you know, oh, well, I'm going to play hard to get or I'm not going to tell them because I don't want to blow their head up. No, blow their head up. That's how you get us to actually like yes. you more. And vulnerability is so beneficial. If people understood the benefits of vulnerability, they would wake up every morning with the intent to be as vulnerable as they, they can. Mm. Vulnerability doesn't look like you're crying. Vulnerability yes. doesn't look like you're hurt. Vulnerability doesn't look like you're, you're simping or kissing. But vulnerability is completely... The, the, the epitome of intimacy. It's opening yourself yes. up to connect with people, to love on people. And then when you open yourself up to do that with others, others love on you. So you open yourself up to be able to receive. You can't receive even God's blessings nope. until you are humble. Humbling yourself is being vulnerable. And so vulnerability is not down here Ooh, like I you're sitting low. I love that connection, low. yes. Yeah, vulnerability is sitting up high and being mature enough and being confident in yourself enough and trusting that you will be okay regardless of which way this goes. So I am gonna choose to be who I am all day long regardless of who you are because you don't influence me. So I'm gonna continue to be loving and be blessing and be vulnerable and be all these things sexy and you can just continue to have your stuff. Okay, That's so it. you just broke down how we should be operating when it comes to our personal lives, when it comes to dating, when it comes to relationships. But I like this person, I've been doing that, and they disappear on me, or they're not ready for a relationship, and they don't know how to get out, or the ex comes back, and now they're choosing to like escape, right? How do I release that person that isn't communicating with me anymore, that isn't as kind as they used to be, that's not treating me as well as they used to be. How do I release that person or get over that person so that I can move on? How do I recover? It's as easy as a choice. I always say, you know, every day we live in the results of our choices and literally one choice, one choice, choice can change the entire trajectory of your life. And so it goes back to two things, self-love and the second one is communication, like you said. From the beginning, I know that there are certain standards that I have. Why? Because I know myself. I spend time with myself. I meditate. I talk to God all day long. When I talk to God, I'm talking to me because God remains in me. So I'm always talking to me and self. I understand that there are certain standards that I want in a man. For example, I have no kids, so I don't desire to be with a man with kids. I felt That's the same me. way when I was dating. I right. rock with you on that. But there right. are women who are open to but that. There are women who are open. And I think, I think the, I, and I say, there are some absolutely amazing men with kids who are single. I'm not knocking them. Amazing. But what I want for my standards right. is I want what I have, which is I have no kids and I'm going to start a family of our own and fresh. So I say all that to say she is that, fresh. <laughs> you know, you, I communicate that. She wants to cook these, these babies on their own. I want to cook them and bake them and I want it to be the first time you do the dough and the first time you put sprinkles right, the on. the first time you need And I want like the, the, dough, the first yeah. time you see them coming out the oven. I don't, first you know. First time you butter that bread. All I'm with you on this. Right? I'm very, very territorial when it comes to that. So I said to say at the beginning of dating or not even dating, at the beginning of a guy approaching me, the first thing I say is what you said, communication. Are you married? Because I do not do that. And do you have any kids? Mm -hmm. And if they say I'm not married, great. If they say they have kids, I then say, I'm sure you are absolutely, it's called the sandwich effect. I'm sure you're absolutely amazing. Yeah, However, we start I with don't that. date Compliment men. First. Yeah, I don't date men with kids. 
And I've had men say, I said, but, I, but you know, I don't knock. I know you're great. I've had men say, oh, you may miss your blessing. I explained to them, I cannot miss what's mine. Mm -hmm. Because if God has a man with a child that is mine, God knows how to break through my ideologies to make that man be my husband. Now, as far as what I'm choosing and my standards that I put out there, God has permission to shift. But for me choosing from Dr. Bryant's brain, I don't want a man with kids. So you know what that does? Nobody calling my phone nine times out of ten yeah. will have a child if You're I'm dating You're not settling or compromising I'm outside of what you Women want. Women set themselves up from the beginning. If you know you want a man, even with a certain type of economic status, if you want a man with a certain type of, of income, a certain career, listen, you have the right to have the preference that you choose. You wake up and deal with your consequences or results of your choices. Mm -hmm. You don't let society tell you you're wrong for having a preference or you're wrong for wanting this. I don't care if they call you, your standards are gold digging, baby, run them gold digging ways and go get your man. Because <laughs> we call it gold digging around here, right? gold, gold digging. digging, whatever you do. <laughs> but because when you wake up and you're happy and proud about who you are, yeah. like I have came to that space every single morning and I go to bed, I'm just so proud of me and my choices and all these things. There's, that's priceless. No one can give that to you and no one can take that from you. And in life, we want to obtain things that are ours, that you can't take by your comment. This person can't take by, by, their, by their opinion of something. It's mine to own. I'm proud of what I've made of me, right? And the choices I've made. And your partner is one of the biggest, if not, I believe, the biggest choice you make in your life. Oh no, it is Period. absolutely. Your partner can break or make. Your purpose, like literally. And your kids' purpose. You be and on you your journey life. and they can disrupt, disrupt your entire life and existence and God plans for you. Like they can destroy it or they can also help build you up and mm -hmm. make you, you know, the, have the kingdom that you already yeah. dreamed of. I'm, I'm wholeheartedly with you on that. And really quick, I always say if you date better, you marry better, then you parent better, and then Obviously, the family plant family yeah. dynamic can only be better. Which we're trying to start from dating, right? It starts from dating. You have to be clear. Starts with self. Be clear on what you want. Make your list. The real list, not the superficial. Like you gotta be this. You have to be this. You gotta have muscles. That will come. I'm hoping. But the real list gotta <laughs> last. Gotta sustain. And then you present that list to every single man or woman that presents himself to you, and be okay with that. And if they say no, be happy with your no up front. Don't be happy that it didn't come a week or a month or two months later or six months later, which it shouldn't be able to come that much later, because you should be able to see through behaviors that this person does not fit the standards or is out of alignment with what you want. Okay, so you're I asked you earlier, how do you get over or recover? You said that it was a choice. Are emotions a choice? I mean, choosing to be sad over someone, or do I need to naturally go through the emotional healing process, or you know, cry me a river? Do I need to go through the emotional journey of releasing, or can I just choose? I'm just not going to trip over you anymore. What do you think about that? It's it's exactly both evenly at the same dosage. I tell my clients now who's going through divorces, baby, don't unpack all at once. So that means you choose to be happy. You choose to feel the way you want to feel. First of all, the first you choose thing is a choice. The way you want you to feel, feel. choose to feel, I'm going to be this way today. And then you think about what a person being that way looks like, and you do that. You run that script all day long, forever, until you become it, or until you feel it, or I don't care if you don't, just run it. Then, when you get your moments to yourself, you unpack little by little. You sit in what you feel. Unpacking is sitting in what you feel and letting it tell you what it means to you. Because feelings are energy. They want to speak to you. Once they speak to you, they release and they leave. Yeah. When we suppress them, they wait to be heard. They're like Do little not kids. Yeah. Yeah, it's like 
little kid saying, Mommy, Mommy, I'm hungry, and you're not listening to me, but then you turn and get mad at me because I'm tapping you, so I'll stop and I come back, but I'm hungry. I'm right. hungry. I don't know what to do with your mommy. I, who else do I go to? Right. Right? You're the one that provides for me. And you're like, stop. Okay. Then I come back and you're like, huh, until you feed me, until you give me my needs as a child. Feelings are that way. So if I tap the first time, you go, let me unpack that one feeling. You sit in it, sitting in it, quiet, just sit. And literally say, what does this mean? How do I feel? And face it. Why am I broken hearted? I felt abandoned. I felt used. Okay, 15, 20 minutes. I always tell my clients, 30 minutes is your max. You pack back up. You don't unload there. You don't buy real estate there. You pack back up and go into who you, you don't chose live in it. And you don't stay in it. And you give yourself. No. So it sounds like though you're putting yourself on the clock. Some people are oh, afraid to put themselves nope. on that you're clock. You're on the clock. And as time goes on, my clients go from 30 minutes time allowed to sit to unpack to 20 minutes to 15 minutes to five minutes. So when it comes, you replace that with a new thought. Yeah. Because we are being proactive and we are going to be executors at what we want. Because if the goal is this, all we need to do is have a plan and then you implement that plan. Because knowledge is not power, the, impl the implementation or application of knowledge is what is power. Knowing stuff does nothing for me. Yeah. But once I apply it, I get a new result of that application. And so to that point, if you have experienced a bad relationship or you experience being ghosted or you experience somebody who just you know, didn't treat you the way that you deserve, Knowledge is power, we just said that. So what did you learn from that last situation? What did you learn from that last relationship? Where did you learn from that last hookup? Whatever that thing is you may be getting, the only way to improve on the next experience too, after we focus on self and we've healed and all of that, is to change and behave differently than you did before. Yeah, that's the application state. So knowing it is great, but the application of knowledge is where the power, where the power comes in. And that's where a good coach I mean, I do coaching. I did marriage, family, child therapy yeah. at the beginning. They they're kind of they kind of go yin and yang. I get it. But with, with, that's for a good coach. I have a coach, I, and the better my life becomes, the more I go to my coach. Oh, absolutely. Because I will have a coach until I die. Yeah. And if I out, if my coach, we need help too. Yeah. <laughs> I want my coach to come to my funeral and speak. I just it's I have to have a coach. But that's what a good coach does. They take what you want. They get a plan because we all have great ideas and great thoughts. And many people die with their ideas in the graveyard with them. What does that do for you? It doesn't benefit you. Anything that God puts in your heart to have, he's telling you it's already yours. He's telling you the reason why I gave you the desire to be a mama bear is because you already a mama bear, baby. Now you just mm -hmm. got to figure out the, the, the strategy to get there. If he tells you you can be the president of the United States of America and the first Latino woman to do it, because I know I think we both share being uh, black and Mexican, right? Yeah. So, okay, wait. Absolutely. <laughs> he only put that in your heart the because he's telling you it's possible. <laughs> so go get it. And what do we do? We get afraid of God's bigness of us. And so that's where the issue comes in at with dating when you're saying, God is telling me, he's giving me the idea that I can do better, I can have better. Mm -hmm. But I'm afraid that that's a lie. So if, if, if God is showing you something, he's telling you you're ready for that. And it's going to be uncharted territory. And it's going to be un, un, you know, uncharted terrain. But you got to go broken. you got to go with a broken heart, broken leg, broken arm. And you, you have to experience just go. those things. And life is about experiences, not when I lose. Experience is what gives you the tools and the wisdom to be better at whatever you're doing. So start seeking experiences and don't get afraid of the result, whether it be win or loss. Has Dr. Bryant ever experienced rejection or heartbreak? Heartbreak, yes. Uh, rejection, um, in, in, in relationship, time, yep. um, no, I, I have yet to be, not a wood, I have yet to be rejected. <laughs> By a man. I mean, I always say too. I've never had a boyfriend. I've always been engaged. I've always had fiancés. But but we're out I've been heartbroken. So she can tell us how to get that ring. <laughs> you got to tell too. Yes, yes. But I've never been rejected. But I have been. I have been. I've been heartbroken. 
calling off, I called off two engagements. Calling off both engagements, even though I did the calling off and the leaving, it, they both broke my heart. Mm. Um, because even though I was leaving, I still was attached, attached to these men. And that they were, they were both very amazing men, and I did love them at some point. Um, and so calling that off was very, very heartbreaking for me. And it shattered me in so many beautiful ways that I was able to look at the pieces and learn from them. And I was able to put them back in the place I wanted them to be to begin with. But I was able to look at me and look at my heart and say, this is how I want to love. And this is how I want it to be put together. And you know what? I want to choose this better next time. So I always say, God has granted me the, the grace of time. That he waited for me to be 36 to have a better eye of choosing my husband. Yes. I know better who I am. You were not equipped to be that. Yeah. We're in our 20s. I thought I was going to marry my boyfriend in high school. No. <laughs> God has delivered me multiple times from many men. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and yeah, and I only had two serious relationships. Both were, you know, engaged to get married and wedding dates, paid for it, all that. But yeah. Ooh. So I've been bro I've been broken hearted. Okay, we're gonna Even if I found my own right, 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 but we're gonna bring you back for runaway bride. Yeah. Really quick, you know, I, I told you gotta give us some of the naked truth. Tell us what the healing process was. You told us how you healed. I wanna know the steps that you took. Mm -hmm. Step one, step two, step three to heal from those uh called off engagements. Yeah. The the first one was harder. It's weird. The first one was harder because it was longer, I guess. But the first one was a little harder because I left that relationship empty. I was already not emotionally poured into. So I left it very vulnerable, very wide open, saying, please, somebody, pour, just pour love into me. He was like, he was good at everything else. But for some reason, I just couldn't, I wasn't emotionally receptive mm -hmm. to him. Um, and so that was just like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, And so I had to just really, really lean on God and God's understanding and in do a lot of praying and I have I have such a strong support system like my family, my mom, my best friends and, and so um, you pray you lean into your family. Yeah, I sure support did. System. And they poured into me like crazy. We actually I actually got one big six bedroom, huge five thousand square feet home and put it all in one home. <laughs> yeah, they thought it was for them, but as much as it was for them, it was for me. And we just lived together and, and I just got loved on and spoiled rotten. And then my last relationship um, this guy was much older and he did such a phenomenal job of pouring into me emotionally mm -hmm. that when I left him, I even say, this is like 13, 14 months later, almost a year and a half later, I'm still uh, benefiting off of the equity of his love oh, in me. I'm just being honest. To you. We yeah. are shaped by our relationships, yeah. whether good or bad. He poured shaped. into me. But so for him, it was easier um, as far as the emotional piece of mm -hmm. getting over. And I matured so much in that relationship that when I left him, I was like, oh, oh. I was like looking at myself in the mirror like, well, hello, beautiful. Aren't you grown? Aren't you matured? Look at you. Look at how you're handling this. Yeah. And, and look at how there's no tears of sorrow. You have just stood up to this. And you are walking with this. And your head is up. And you're just like ready for the world. Walk with your head up high. And you stood up. It was into the world. total different. But I have to give him credit to say, he loved on me so well that he played a big role in that, you know, although leaving him in that. And um, and then, you know, leaving and, and then even for me being so well um, sturdy oaked and so confident and loved and, and, and just within myself, the men that I've attracted this 14 months of being seen, because I've been celibate and the last man, I, man I've been with was my last fiance. So they know I'm celibate, yeah. men, and I've been attracting men who I don't have to ask to do anything, meaning from bringing flowers to the house, bringing my they mother flowers right. to, not even, I mean, above and beyond by just the energy 
of a woman that I am carrying around inside of me. And yeah, I love it. I love it. You sound, this sounds amazing. I want everybody to have this. I'm gonna have to bring you back on here to give us some more spicy tips. Dr. Bryant, let everybody know where we can find you, where we can get your book, uh, social media. Give us all of the above. Absolutely. Uh, my website is drbryant.co. That's co, not com. So drbryant.co. Um, you can also go to drbryantinstitute.com. I have a personal and professional development online school that I just launched last month. So I have courses up there that you are going to love. Um, and you can go at your own leisure and you get my coaching and all that cool stuff. And then on social media, I'm underscore Dr. Bryant, Facebook, Dr. Cheyenne Bryant. And then you can get my book from anywhere. You can book my life coaching sessions on my website, drbryant.co. Um, and you can just go on my website to my calendar. You'll see all of my multiple multiple events that i'm doing as far as speaking and my workshops and all that good stuff and you're coming to the brunch on sunday right i'm coming okay, to having a relationship day. brunch yes it's for the relationship expert community life coaches marriage family therapists but uh dr Bryant will be there we are Absolutely. so blessed to have you yes. and you guys can always play with my twitter or stroke my instagram at spicy Mari. go to the spicylife.com click and subscribe to this episode make sure that you pass it on and there you guys have it you have just been spiced <laughs>